You right there? Yeah, I'm fine. Jen just dropped something. Not sure why she's sitting out here for this, but apparently this is one of those weeks. <laughs> Sorry, I said hi. She's miming a bunch of stuff. I'm not quite sure what she's miming. I've Oh. <laughs> but she has knitting in front of her, despite the fact that she's getting some fucking food, so I'm... Is she leaving the house to go get food? Is Were you miming car a second ago? Is is that what's happening? Now I'm getting some type of wind-up device. I'm staring around the middle finger. So, oh, I'm getting the finger right now. I've, I've Double finger guns now? No, that's not finger guns. It's still the middle finger. You brought this on yourself. Oh, duh, that's why I'm doing this. the best preamble bit we've gotten so far today. <laughs> she's now making threats she won't follow through with because she's going to sit here for full two hours. You're going to get murdered. She's going to brunch, you're, apparently. You're gonna get murdered. I don't know where you do that in our neck of the woods because it's a garbage fire. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the wicked awesome cast. Episode 124. 124. Yes, we are still here. We have not had our microphones confiscated. Uh, they have not kicked down our doors and told us to shut up. Although, I'll get into a little funny story about that in a little bit when I talk about my day or my week. But yes! Wait, did my joke about like the don't make a podcast police coming for you actually happen to you? No, I do have something similar. that I, I It's a delightful little story I'd love to share with you when I talk about our week. Did someone try to rob you? No, 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 nothing like that. It, it, it's more along the lines of talking and making noise. It, okay. It's the story of noise complaints from my neighbor. Ah. Uh. Which we'll get into, because it turns from, like, weirdly just out of the way crazy to kind of creepy. So, we'll get into that. But first, yes, we are here. 124 Podcast. I, I am Mava Online. Uh, Alex is my a government name, and I am joined with government name Charlie, a.k.a. Mordak. Joke's on you. My government name is not Charlie. Oh, well, my assumed government name for you is Charlie. You would be correct in that assumption, I think. <laughs> there we go. But yeah, we're back. We're at it again with another podcast, and uh, the podcast police has yet to catch us, uh, which is nice. I... Actually, I'm also excited because it's officially been, what, almost one or two weeks since the betrayal, and we're coping nicely as a podcast duo right now. Uh, I'm learning to trust again, so it's, it's going well. We'll see how you feel by the end of the podcast. Oh, God. Is, is Jeff going to show up halfway during the podcast? And be no, like, hey, no, no. I wouldn't do that to you. Okay, yeah, I totally would do that to you, but... <laughs> that would be fucking great. <laughs> it's me, bitches! Yeah, just a nice dramatic interest into the Discord. Like, um, why is he online? Or worse, Alex, he's just sitting next to me. Oh, that would be kind of a cool twist. That would be good. Although, I don't know if Jeff could not avoid, like, if he couldn't avoid laughing. I can mute a microphone. Yeah, let's plan this imaginary scenario. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, um, we are, a, of course, a gaming podcast. Uh, occasionally, we talk about other things here and there, but... Our focus mainly is gaming. And, uh, yeah. So, do you want to talk about your week first? Or then I can share my juicy bits about sure. this past week? Which I think sure. you're going to laugh. <laughs> after giving Alex some shit last week about not playing enough video games, I realized I had been probably falling victim to that a little bit, too. And 
I actually, I, I sat down and I finished the Spider-Man game. Oh, how was it? I have some thoughts about that at this point. I, I still stand by that game. It's a pretty good game. Like, if you own a PS4, you probably should play it. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's one of the best Spider-Man, if not the best Spider-Man games. It's a really good game for this year. I have kind of spent some time meditating on the topic, though, and I want to say there are like a total of like six or seven boss fights in the entire game. I think three of them, really only two and a half of them, are good and or I had fun doing them. Like, also, I think pacing is a really big problem in that game. Mm-hmm. I It's... Like, so, uh, last week I was kind of at the third and final installment of that game. Like, it's like, okay, yeah, like, you're in the final chapter, like, it's the things are going to start happening, the Sinister Stick stuff is about to kick off, and the Sinister Stick stuff was cool, except it was like, bam, 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 hey, you're done with the final third of the game, except it wasn't the third of the game, like, it's, it was more like, like, the first part of the game was a fifth, center part of the game was three-fifths, and this part of the game was another fifth because of how fucking fast it went. But they also, like, just kept dropping, like, big shit left and right. Where it's like, oh, and and never giving it space to breathe. Or, like, have, like, the realization of what, what, what just got said sink in. Because it was just, okay, we're rolling. Go for it. Yeah, it's... I'm looking forward to what the next Spider-Man game is. Because the ending of this one was, like needlessly complicated but sets up maybe the Spider-Man game I want to actually play as opposed to this. Oh. I it's I love the Sinister Sticks. Uh, I keep saying it wrong the Sinister Six. Like Rhino, Vulture, and Electro are some of my favorite kind of like dumb uh Spider-Man villains. Like Doc Ocklove is a special place in my heart, but also like he's not one of my favorites. I I, I like Venom. I like Carnage. I I like his kind of more genuinely threatening characters. Like Green Goblin's always been a favorite of mine. Like the people that push Spider-Man to the edge are historically the Spider-Man villains. I really like. None of them are really in this game, which I think sucks. And the ending of this game sets up like. Hey, you know all the villains you really like? Yeah, they're probably in the next one if we make another one. That's like a good way to definitely lure people back in. Yeah, it. but it also kind of pissed me off. We're like, that, so in typical Marvel these days, um, entertainment fashion, there are like two or three post-credit stingers as part of the credits for this game, which was kind of fun in its own way. But one of them contains so much stuff to unpack in, like, a 30-second blip. It's like, why was that not in the main game? Like, holy shit, why was that not in the main game? Like, uh, spoilers, I guess, but not really, because everyone knows this about how Marvel Comics works. Like, they fucking set up Green Goblin, Venom, and hint at, like, a big mystery of the game, or explain a big mystery of the game, all in, like, ten fucking seconds. And I'm just like, I, I need to lie down after that moment. That's a lot right there, right now. That's that's too much. Mm. And especially for a game that, I don't know, tried, like, 
this game was kind of very much like your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, which was cool, I guess. But as a game that kind of lacked some of the harder hitting Spider-Man villains, like not not in physical strength because Rhino's fucking in this one, but like the only villain with real teeth, narratively wise, personality wise, et cetera, et cetera, was Doc Ock, and that's like again, it feels weird. Like maybe it's supposed, maybe it's not. Like it's this entire game is leading up, like it's as much the story of Spider-Man doing Spider-Man shit as it is. Doc Ock becoming a villain in a weird way, and, like, that payoff is great, except that it comes after, like, two or three kind of disappointing boss fights that lead up to him. I, it's, I, I, like, I, I guess, like, it's been out long enough, I'm gonna say it right now, like, the half the Shocker fight, the Vulture Electro fight, the original Scorpion fight, the Doc Ock fight, those are the fights I like a lot in the game. Like, so I guess maybe it's three and a half, not really two and a half, I forgot about one of the fights for a second. I, yeah, like, I, I, they, 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 they mash too many of the villains together into one boss fight simultaneously for it to be good. I I fucking hate Mr. Negative for, yeah, that, that's his name, Negative Man. I, mm. I, I think he makes the story of the game worse. Like, overall, every fight against him is bad and tedious. Okay, I... My biggest issue, okay, so I know I've said this now a couple times, my biggest issue with the game, like, my actual biggest issue with the boss fights, at least, is how many of them just feel like every other fight in the game with an extra mechanic kind of slightly layered on top of it. And, Mm -hmm. uh, again, like, any any moment in this game where you're on the ground doing non-web-slinging stuff, I think the game gets a little bit worse. Like, the on-foot combat I don't think is great, the, like, when you're not in a big open space that you can web swing around in, I think the combat gets worse. And the boss fights that featured heavy kind of getting around via webs combat are really good and really cool. The ones that don't feature that, I don't think are as good. Like, so much so, I'd have rather just fought, like, 20 goons at once. Yeah, I know. I, I, at the same time, I liked it a lot. Like, it was a good game. I had fun with it. I'm definitely done with it i don't want to play any more of that game until like either a major chunk of story dlc happens or um like spider-man 2 happens i don't know which will happen first probably story dlc because i've hinted at that but yeah i if you own a ps4 it's definitely worth checking out it's a very well-made game like it's it's going to make i don't think it deserves to be kind of a top five games of 2018 but I think it will definitely be talked about in that kind of realm. Like if I was giving it a score, I'd give it like a real solid four out of five. Mm. Yeah. Like well, a four- the DLC is definitely sounds exciting. Like I still need to pick that game up, but I'm, yeah. I'm kind of holding off right now only because like I, I, I got to pick up Red Dead Redemption 2 because I'm buying that for Mandy for her birthday. Yeah. So yeah. I can't justify another purchase on top of that right yeah, now. Yeah, no, I, 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 I totally get it. Like, yeah, it's, it's the... If you're looking for a game right now and you can afford to get one, obviously, et cetera, et cetera, it's a real good game. It's a it's a fun-ass game. I had a lot of fun playing. I think I played like 20 hours of it. Like I, I enjoyed doing a bunch of the side stuff. The, the completion rates for that game are insane, which is like a testament to how much people are digging that game. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's... Yeah, no, I mean, I've heard nothing but good fucking things about it. Like, overall, it just look really fucking nice too yeah so i'll uh yeah i'll i'll 
at some point in the future. Well, since but, you brought up Red Dead Redemption, I followed through with my threat from last week, and I went back and played Red Dead Revolver. Mm-hmm. That game holds up maybe better than it should, but also, like, you probably shouldn't go back and play it. <laughs> if I should go back and play it? Uh, it's... Remember how different Grand Theft Auto, Vice City, San Andreas were compared to Grand Theft Auto 4? Like that drastic kind of quality and tonal shift that happened? Yes. This is that game. Like, so it's... This is very much of kind of that old, goofy Grand Theft Auto era where Red Dead Redemption, Red Dead Redemption 2 are very much of that kind of modern, better written, better acted, holy shit, we have so much money Grand Theft Auto era, I guess. I, it's, I was expecting that game to just not be playable at all. It is. It's actually surprisingly playable. Like that, I know it sounds like dabbing with faint praise. I think I played like three or four hours of it this week. From like, okay, yeah, I'm done with this. Like, this has been fun, but that's enough. But yeah, if you're curious about the origins of Red Dead Redemption and are okay with some just hilariously terrible character models, you can get Red Dead Revolver for the PS4 and go check that out. Like, it's it's not good. But it's not bad either, actually. I had fun. The shooting works better than it should. Yeah. I also did some um, slight investigating. Some investigating? What what kind of stuff are you investigating? Okay, so I I was reading a bunch of places. Like, So as we all know, Nintendo's online services have come out. Yes. And I was reading a bunch of places that, I guess, like games like Splatoon, if you don't have online, you try going in the experience is kind of rotten, and I was like, oh, it can't be that bad, and I actually fired up my Switch. I've been playing some, um, what's it called? Night in the Woods on that lately, actually, because reasons. But I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll jump into Splatoon. It can't be that bad. It's pretty bad without that online mode. Oh, really? Well, so, like, things I forgot that people pointed out to me in these articles I was reading were, like, when you load into that game, you are aimed at the multiplayer. And if you go to the multiplayer... A thing pops up being like, yo, you should just buy PlayStation Online right now. Wait, PlayStation Online or Sorry, Nintendo? not PlayStation, I'm Nintendo Online, my bad. Okay, I'm like, wow, that's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, sorry, I've been pressing the wrong thing. It's aggressive in that online service, and a thing these people were talking about that I was reading about was this idea that, like, when's the last time I was playing Destiny without online mode? And it was like, never, I've never done that. And now I'm kind of curious to see what some of those games are like without mm. a PSN or an Xbox Live subscription. It's like, man, this is a very different game. As someone who does not like Splatoon's multiplayer that much, the way that game handled that and like the game feels empty because you're unhooked from a bunch of that system and stuff, like it's Yeah. <laughs> and I guess like some other stuff I didn't confirm this, but I've no reason not to believe it, were like some games leaderboards are built into online connectivity and because you don't have that anymore you don't have access to leaderboards anymore which is a little bit fucked up in my you don't mind, have access but, to the leaderboard because yeah. you're not online like you can't even view them okay well I guess it just seems yeah that, that doesn't surprise me though makes sense because you can't do it on Xbox either can you? yeah you can or even play, you can? like you can't do multiplayer but you can like see leaderboards at least okay Huh, weird that they wouldn't even let you do that. I, it's 
probably something built into the system or something. I, I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know. But yeah, like I, I remember hearing about it and reading about it where I'm like, this can't be that bad. And then I checked it out. And I'm like, oh shit, this really is that bad. Like this is, <laughs> mm. yeah. So I did two other things with my week since last podcast, though. Uh-huh. Do you want to hear about CitizenCon or WoW first? Um, let's do CitizenCon and then we'll wrap it up with not so WoW. WoW. Oh no, this is the most WoW ever. <laughs> right, you can see my notes. You're not gonna get. You're not. You're not gonna fall victim for the joke. Uh, but yeah, so uh, CitizenCon happened since last podcast. I watched a bunch of CitizenCon. Um. I'm curious what the fuck CitizenCon is. CitizenCon is the convention for Star Citizen, a game in pre-alpha that is the most successfully funded Kickstarter game ever. Uh, it's since getting involved in Star Citizen, this has become kind of apparently a yearly thing where I won't watch it live, but I'll definitely catch the keynote and some of the cool stuff afterwards. Uh, it's this felt like it was a cooler thing than last year. Like some of the photos that came out, like it, it felt like BlizzCon, which is a weird thing to say because BlizzCon has real games at it. And Star Citizen is kind of this weird nebulous thing, but uh, this is mostly my kind of weekly reminder of maybe you shouldn't buy into Star Citizen just saying, or do it if you want, but also like maybe you really shouldn't be funding this game because they keep showing off weird stuff that's very technically impressive, but also Casey has moments where it's like, right, but how much time did you guys spend getting these cool drink physics in the game that could have been spent, you know, finishing the game? <laughs> like, every year they show off something cool where I'm like, that's super neat, and that's totally something you could have, like, sold down the line, or like, hey... The game's been out for two years. Here's this giant content patch. We're adding a bunch of shit to the game. Like, holy shit, we'd all been like, oh, that's so cool that you can do that now. Fucking yeah. Or you could, like, launch the game and have, like, okay, and here's some features that are in alpha, beta stuff. We're, like, we're going to implement them. They don't impact the game. But the game is out there and persistent. Like, I won't play the alpha and the beta because I won't want to progress in the game because none of it carries over. So it's like, I don't know why you would bother doing this. Why are people playing hundreds of hours of this game that's not out yet? Yeah, I CitizenCon happened. They showed they showed off some cool ships. That 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 gunship dropship thing is pretty cool looking. That uh the Kraken, pretty cool looking. Yeah. I did not buy any more digital ships and neither should you. That's what I was wondering if you actually had bought any more ships. Nah, my my <laughs> impulse to buy anything from them has gone way the fuck down in the last like I, I bought the last ship from them I wanted and They've put out some ships I thought looked cool. I'm like, yeah, when I play the game, I'll definitely buy that eventually, but I have no interest in buying any more ships till it's out. Like, the ships I want were also all, like, limited quantity things to pre- Like, it's- I, I have a ship I don't think is going to be in the ba- in the game. Mm. Or that getting in the game is going to be very hard, and, like, did it, what I, what I did what I do was pay to win absolutely. For what it is, it's going to be one of the best ships in the game. Just kind of at its size and at its like destructive capabilities, it's going to be a fucking amazing pirate ship. But yeah. Last but not least, um, I attended WoW. Uh-huh. So was this uh Battle for Azeroth? Uh, uh oh, oh god, no, this is women of wrestling. Well uh oh. 
I went to a women's wrestling event titled Wow. It was at the Belasco Theater in um, Los Angeles. Uh, for those that want some context, that's the place that me and Alex saw Gwar last year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. They set up a wrestling ring in there? Yes. How? Not well, but yeah, I... But I was going to say, like, that, that room does not... That does not leave a lot of room for... Um, I have gotten the impression that stage they were on might have been collapsible. Oh. I don't know, or it could be, like, on a pit system or something, because that, that, the space went back farther, I remember it going, but I don't fully know. Yeah, I it's this was not good wrestling. Um there there were some very good wrestlers there, but the overall wrestling was quite bad. I think you can go out there and find footage of this. Like they were obviously filming for like a TV show or something. I this is a thing riding the coattails of the Netflix show Glow pretty hard, except unlike Glow, it's kind of channeling the 80s and early 90s a little bit too hard where like every blonde character in this thing was like aggressively racist by accident, and by accident I mean like, yeah, that's fucking racist. <laughs> uh, there was a blonde lady dressed as Aztec who had like a Aztec mask thing. Where I'm like, this is not good. This is wrong. I uh, there there were some fun matches. Um, they have one fantastic wrestler called the Beast fucking owns and like was hands down the best part of the show and simultaneously made like everything else in the show worse so are you gonna say something it does sound it what's the word i'm looking for there i will say this whole crazy concept i'm still trying to fathom the idea that they set up a fucking ring in that smallest area because that was not a big area we went to i mean we were pretty compact uh, there was not a lot of space for wrestling that's that's what i yeah, uh, it's yeah. I it was time. I I think the best part of it was that not best part, but kind of the saddest part for me was there were um th there were two characters that were just straight up Katana and Melina from the uh, Mortal uh, Mortal Kombat. Were they actually well? Th they obviously couldn't call themselves Melina or Katana. But no, they... but they were sexy ninja ladies who had daggers <laughs> and fan weapons. Uh -huh. And, like, to, to make it even worse, like, so Melina is the kind of uh, monster clone of Katana, and, like, to take it one step further, the one that was the obvious Katana clone was the more, like, insane-looking one of the two, and I'm like, this is some Mortal Kombat-ass bullshit in here. Like, color schemes were even the same kind of, it was like, what the fuck? But it was like Dagger and the Temptress or something. I'm like, no, you're you're Melina and Katana, obviously. <laughs> and their match was bad. Oh, oh, well, that just is a shame. Were there any bloody executions at the end of the match? There was not because Dagger, no, sorry, the Temptress lost, and I noped out before the Dagger versus Kita Rum rush happened because uh, there was one especially in bad taste character that I'm like. Ah, if they show up again, I'm going home. And they showed up again, I'm like, and I'm leaving. Mm -hmm. That character is Stone Cold Racist. <laughs> <laughs> Those that want to look it up, it's a character called Australian Queen, I think, who is a 
very kind of white Australian lady who got carried to the stage by four people dressed up as Aboriginal tribesmen of Australia. And I'm like, this is fucking racist. This is bad. <laughs> yeah. That was my week. What have you been up to? <sighs> well, let's see. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm in apartment living. So this is what I do now. And our neighbor for the last couple of weeks has been kind of just like, hey, um, were your dogs playing like at six o'clock in the afternoon? I'm like, yeah, probably. They're dogs and it's within normal noise hours. So probably. She's like, I'm like, is it loud or anything? She's like, no, 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 it's okay. And it's pretty much been this ongoing. I'm like, oh no, it's okay. It's okay. But it's like, it got weirder and weirder. And the only thing she would ever talk to us about when we said hi was stuff she heard from upstairs. Like, were you guys moving chairs and tables last night? I'm like, yeah, we move our chairs so we can sit down for dinner. Kind of thing. Me thinks she's not used to apartment living. So, it finally came to a head this week. Because she was talking to my girlfriend. And as it turns out, she was like, Hey, oh well. First of all, let me let me add a couple of the more of the crazy ones. She asked if our phones on vibrate when we sleep. Okay. Because the alarm will go off and she can hear the vibrations, or some sort of weird shit like that. I'm like, okay. And she's like, is your is your phone on the floor? I'm like, no, it's on. It, it, it it's on a, a a nightstand. Like, I don't know. It got silly and silly until finally, which was my favorite, was this past week. She had said something along the lines, and let me quote this for you fucking ridiculous but she's like do you guys roll around in your sleep at night I'm like um first of all this is pretty fucking creepy for you to be asking uh and two yeah probably she's like, oh because i can hear you guys move around in your sleep like hear that i'm like okay um so my girlfriend finally lost it and was like look you've been pretty much bringing this up every time for the last couple of weeks now if the noise is a problem we should come up with some sort of solution or something i don't know so <laughs> she went to go complain about us to the manager, and yeah, just just go ahead. I'll, I'll let you, is I'll let you is this your first apartment like this? Yeah. Okay, so this is normal, and this is why. Um, I lived in my old place for five years, and I maybe said all of like thirty words to other people that lived in my building for this exact reason, mm-hmm. and I. We've got to have covered some of the weird-ass people I lived under at one point. Like, the the dance party people were one group. The woman who used to sing, like, karaoke in a vacant apartment was another. I I had some fucking weird-ass upstairs neighbors, but I just never make contact with them, dude. Like, it's a giant mistake. Yeah, no, it was fucking weird. It was like, she would go complain about us about it, and then she talks to the neighbor and all that stuff. And... It's hilarious because... How old is the person that was complaining about this? She's not much older. That's the thing, dude. Like, she's not much older than we are. Maybe she's in, like, I want to say 40s? Okay. Maybe 50s, but, like... Okay. But here's the wonderful conclusion to this. So she went to go complain to the manager, and the manager's like, first of all, you can't make them tippy-toe around their own apartment at night. They're living their life. And unless they're throwing parties or being crazy yeah. noisy, you can't tell them this stuff. And on top of that, the fact that you said you can hear them roll around in their sleep 
is kind of creepy. It's very creepy. That. So you need to calm the fuck down because it's borderline harassment. And if you say anything or do anything again, we're going to, the person who's going to get the violation is you. And then she was just mad about it. Like, what? How? So she hasn't talked to us since. But here's the part that really gets me. We tried being quieter. Like, oh, put, no, 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 no. There, the there's never give in to your neighbors and apartment buildings requests like this like it's the uh, this is why people from new york are assholes because they've all like they were once nice people who lived above that person that was like hi there was a lot of room coming from your apartment this weekend we weren't in our apartment oh do you have a cat no well i heard something stomping around up there no no you didn't yeah, so we had a we had this whole thing go down, but the part that really irked me is she. Well, she had lost her job a couple of weeks ago, so she was like, "I may have to cut internet and this and that." So I was like, "Well, here you can borrow my Wi-Fi." No, hold on, hold on. I didn't give her my direct Wi-Fi. I created a cast network that was separate from my network entirely. Don't do that either. I disconnected it now. Should have done that in the first place, you like pumpkin faced, nice ass, ignorant motherfucker. I am too nice for my own. Yes. So, point is, I cut that shit off. If you are not actively treating everyone who lives in your apartment building that they're not trying to kill you in your sleep, you're not living in an apartment correctly. Yeah, fair enough. Like, do you know what the correct response to uh, of? Hey, you guys are making a bunch of noise is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, noise is tough. I get it. And then you close the door in their face. Yeah, no, I know. I know that now. Yeah. This is, this is lesson learned. So, yep. I cut that shit off. You were fucking giving her access to your Wi-Fi network. It's a separate guest what Wi-Fi. What the fuck is wrong with you? I'm too nice for my own good. What the fuck is wrong with you? And by the way, I have a bunch of bridges I might you might be interested in buying in the middle of Nevada. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you, man? I figured you'd get a kick out of that story. What is wrong with you? <laughs> How many Nigerian princes have you given money to? Hey, hey, I'm just waiting for my return on investment on that. It's a matter of time, sir. I didn't know you were one of these people. (laughs) What the fuck is wrong with you? Not only did you engage a downstairs neighbor, but you offered to be nice to them. God! You are what's wrong with society! For trying to be nice? Yes! You didn't recognize this woman for the asshole she was right off the bat, and therefore you enabled her. Ah! I stand by my. You bring down. Ba- you bring down the common denominator of society. Just FYI. <laughs> Don't be nice. Be an asshole, everybody. That's how. It works. Like you have to double down now and be an intentional. Like, like start dropping weights on your floor at four a.m. in the morning or something just to fuck with her. No, I'm not gonna. Do you gotta do that now. It's how it works. You gotta insert your dominance in this situation. She knows you're a nice boy. You have to prove you're not. I figured just turn off the Wi-Fi. This 
no, 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 because she's going to come bug you about that soon. Like, hey, where'd that Wi-Fi you gave me go? You need to insert the fact that you don't give a fuck about her. I'm just going to say it's off, and that'll be... I... I'm still voting for, like, drill a hole through your floor and pour water into her apartment or something. <laughs> you want a bathtub overflow that shit or something? I don't know. God, you gave her Wi-Fi. Hey, we all make the thing. fuck is wrong with you? Well, I know now. Like, the literal fuck what is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. On one hand, don't be that person. Yeah, apartment sound is tough. On the other hand, like, don't be fucking Alex either for rewarding shit behavior. Yeah, I didn't know. How much snake oil have you bought in your life, too? Like, uh, here, let's just run it off here so you know. Right, I you still pay poop. for WoW monthly. I forgot about that. No, I bought the poop from uh, Cards Against Humanity. Oh, I forgot about that, yeah. <laughs> So, ah, oh, you naive pumpkin-faced motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> Just wow. Like, what the fuck? I- I'm having a hard time processing this. Like, that is, that that is some unbelievably naive shit. <sighs> you have anything else this past week aside from being like an easy mark? No. No, that's it. <laughs> oh, you need to change your gamer tag to Mark-ass bitch. <laughs> Mark-ass bitch. Or bitch-ass Mark. I'm not sure which one in this case. <laughs> Damn it. News? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, it looks like I got you riled up for my day. Yeah. I'm I, happy now. I thought the main topic this week needs to now be like explaining to you how you never are nice to apartment people, but... I think you're learning that slowly. <laughs> yeah, like, I I understand the, inst- the instinct of, like, oh, you should be friends with your neighbors. No, you should be friendly with your neighbors. You should never be friends with your neighbors. You don't know it, but those people are out to get you. <laughs> yeah, I learned my lesson. Yeah. News? Yeah, let's do some news. News! Right off the bat, Microsoft has announced a new Xbox game streaming service. Another one? This is from Microsoft, not Google. Oh, wait. No. Oh, oh wait. Microsoft, an actual stream. A game streaming oh. service, yes. It's called Project X Cloud. What's X in front of it? Of course. It's going to bring streaming to the Xbox One game console across computers and phones and tablets as well. Oh. Uh, They're going to open up public testing next year, so we'll see if that actually happens, but yeah. (laughs) There's lots of promises about trying to fix that whole latency topic to like touch interfaces and stuff, so yeah, I... If you don't think every major kind of software company out there isn't doing something else like this, you're wrong. Everyone's trying to get on this game, but... Yeah, this. I mean, this looks interesting, to say the least. Um, I just want... Do you think this would ever reach a point where the streaming service would just outdo consoles overall? Uh, it's 
so. Like, I mean, it's so theoretical because, I mean, it's big, but like, I mean. As someone who deep down believes the inevitable future of all of this is that I'm going to start investing in like, okay, so take a step back, actually, like. The, the inevitable future of this is peace is everything becomes PC gaming again, except you wind up in this weird world where you have people like me and you that still build custom PCs, but then you also have like dedicated gaming spikes or something like a like a lunchbox that just throws gaming stuff, and you have your Sony, your Xbox, your EA, your Ubisoft like app on that. And either you stream games or just get games directly from them. Like, uh -huh. th th this whole console thing will eventually become just an interface option, and the fight will no longer be as the PS whatever better than the Xbox whatever. It will be the fight of the Comico Game Sphere versus the Kaidake GameCube. And they're both like high end processing things that are made by a, a hardware manufacturer that run the gaming stuff. Like, th that's where I genuinely believe this all leads to ultimately. And as a byproduct of that, yeah, I think eventually streaming will replace traditional games. But I think before that happens, you have to fix the topic of internet. Like, in, in countries like Japan, where your internet is stupid good... This is more plausible in countries like the U.S. where we have disparity across the nation of kind of quality of Internet and speed of Internet and can't agree on what's, quote, broadband. It's a bit more complicated. Like, hell, in my town, in my weird-ass little town I live in, half the town has wired Internet. The other half has, like, digital dish or something because just no telecom cables run there. Mm-hmm. And that's weird, but, like, I live in a modern-ass part of L.A. They just, like, for whatever reason, haven't wired up that side of town. And I don't think they're ever going to in the near future. Like, if you've ever asked the question of, like, who is still getting physical delivery Netflix? Half of my town. Because if they, like, stream one thing, that's the majority of their internet for the month. Because of data cap? They have actual... Oh, I know some places have data. Yeah, like streamed internet like via satellite or something is way more limited hmm. and comes with like an allotment. Got it. Like all like mo and remember, most countries have data caps of some kind. Like we in the US with our kind of willy-nilly all this internet for free like pay a monthly subscription thing are are like even with the shitty parts of the internet like that we're better off than countries like Australia where like digitally downloading games is a problem. Big box stores are more prevalent in other countries because they have data caps. It's like, well, it was just download 30, 50 gig things in a year. Yeah, no. Like, I'm going to go to a store and like, you've probably never experienced this, but like the PS3 and the PS4, you can take into a Best Buy and they'll put new firmware on that shit for you. Like, that's a thing some people do. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. This is, I don't know. I mean, just to kind of go. I, I'm going to kind of reserve my thoughts on this. I, guess. I think it's a far way off. Like, it's definitely not here yet. Well, I don't think, I mean, like, just like you were saying, I don't think we have the network infrastructure. No. Not yet. Not until uh, our Lord and Savior, Elon Musk, puts out that crazy level broadband internet. Sure. Satellite. Get on it, Papa Musk. 
I sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can I? Okay. I see one thing here on our newsreel that I really want to go go to because I just spotted it right now. Okay. So actually, well, no. I'll, you have. I feel like you have a setup for it, so I will ignore it for now. But you can see, I haven't highlighted. Okay. Yeah, we're we're getting there in a little bit. Yeah, I just like, of course. Okay, moving on to our next news topic. Um, get the fuck out of the way, Red Dead Redemption Two. Call of Juarez is coming back, motherfuckers. I, you know, it's funny that that's one of the games that showed up on my Steam thing a while ago, and I, from what I remember, it was actually kind of okay. To Call play. of Juarez: The Gunslinger is a fantastic, like, weird, not an indie game, but also kind of totally an indie game video game. It had a cool kind of narrative structure to it. The missions were fun. The game really focused in on first person or what a first person game with Wild West era technology guns would be. It's a cool game. Most of the Call of Juarez games aren't necessarily great, but Call of Juarez uh-huh. the Gunslinger is pretty fucking cool. Oh. And yeah, the fact th- that Call of Juarez the Gunslinger 2 might be a thing has me pretty excited. And the fact the way they handled it, which was like, yo, Call of Juarez, bitches, is great. This looks really... Like, I know Call of Juarez because of the Ubisoft oh, games, but it looks yeah. like... It looks like Techland bought back the rights to Call of Juarez. It's possible, yeah, so I... Yeah, the studio bought back the rights from Yeah, that, 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 that is a great move on their part, because that is a... like it, Prior to the Gunslinger, if you told me, hey, Call of Juarez, I'd be like, yeah, fuck you. But after Call of Juarez, the Gunslinger, I'm like, okay, where are you going with this? That game was pretty cool for $20. Mm-hmm. So for those kind of critics, the actual story here is the, uh, the game's Facebook added a banner for Call of Juarez being like, yo, Call of Juarez... It's just Silas Greaves, the main character, with the tagline, Legends Never Die. And they had another video of him showing a quote, I haven't been here in many years. So they're hinting Mm -hmm. at something. Maybe they're re-releasing Gunslinger. That'd be cool. Uh, It's... Who knows? The the first three Call of Juarez games were not great. Gunslinger, though, was a pretty cool game. I would totally... Buy another one of it. As Alex mentioned, Techland has bought back the rights to Call of Juarez from Ubisoft. Uh, they haven't said anything about future plans with it, but yeah, I, I, it feels like a Call of Juarez thing to on the same day or like the day after Red Dead Redemption 2 comes out, release Call of Juarez the Gunslinger 2. Like, that's kind of what their thing is. And be <laughs> like, yo, other cowboy game. Yeah, you. You think cowboy games are be- are going to become the new like zombie genre? No, because they would have done that already. And I, so I remember back when Red Dead Redemption One came out, and uh, let's back up a step. Actually, I remember when Red Dead Revolver came out, and there was a bunch of cowboy games, and they all kind of sucked. And mm-hmm. I think that's when the first, I believe that's when Call of Juarez the original came out. At that point in time, it was like okay, yeah, Call of Juarez does some stuff that Red Dead Revolver doesn't do well and vice versa, and, like, they were weirdly comparable games. And then the other Call of Juarez games came out, and one of them came out in the same year as Red Dead Redemption. I'm not getting my timeline all fucked up. But, like, none of them were great, but they all were fine. And, like, Red Dead Redemption set the world on fire a little bit. Like, it was a big deal, and there were definitely some clone cowboy games out there, but none of them were good like it 
the reality is Red Dead Redemption is kind of the first of what I think of as a modern Rockstar game, where like mm-hmm. it's the maybe GTA Four is kind of in that same category where it's there's a style and a level of immersion and just kind of a scope of open world only Rockstar can pull off at this point. And like like I said like last week, I think we talked about it. Red what makes Red Dead Redemption cool is like the little moments. The story for Red Dead Redemption is fine. It's a good cowboy tale. Like it's very kind of uh fuck what's his name? John Wayne and stuff like that. It's it, it's fine. It's it's a good story. It's a good enough story. It's the kind of just the feeling of being in a Western that that game nails. And no other game could nail that except Call of Juarez Gunslinger. And it pulled that off by going in just the polar opposite direction of what Red Dead Redemption was. Where Red Dead Redemption is an open world game, Call of Juarez is a very kind of scripted, and I mean really scripted, like, so much that like the missions will change midway through the mission scripted narrative driven first person shooter like but it's done by an unreliable narrator like it's you're essentially playing a video game that story is some retired like bounty hunter gunman dude in a bar mm-hmm. telling a story so like occasionally characters that aren't you will point out inaccuracies in his narrative and he'll correct it. And like, there's a great mission where you're in like a canyon and a gunfight and a bunch of people ambush you and you're just getting torn up. And they're like, wait, how the fuck did you survive an ambush by like 20 sub cowboys with guns? And he goes, I never said it was cowboys. It was Indians. And then the fight gets easier because bows and arrows have less reload time than lever action rifles did. Like it was this thing. It was kind of cool. Yeah, I. If they're making another one of those, I'll be super down with that. Yeah, I, 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 I also um, kind of pulled into that. It's yeah, I. Again, I also like where Red Dead Redemption is a fun version of Western tech. Like this game also kind of emphasized the reality of like, yeah, revolvers fucking suck, especially at this point in time. Like, guns at this point in time were complicated and bad. <laughs> it was a cool game. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I like I said. I, I I don't think I played the actual good one. I had the ones from Ubisoft. Yeah, I, so uh, I don't think I can give those. A... Yeah, like and they're they're all fine. Like the the none of them are truly bad games. They're like across the board. They're like a solid three out of five game. They're fine. Mm-hmm. They are video games. I don't know, like it's like is the story great? Eh. The one that's got two protagonists. I guess the second one. That one's kind of cool, and then the third one's a direct sequel to that, because some stuff happens in that game. But uh, yeah, it's Call of War is, is an interesting franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always been the second place cowboy games. But yeah, Gunslinger 2 made happen. Like, Would you... Actually, well, I know this. Is, I, there is a game, I think, in development currently for it, because I know you're always on the hunt for new MMOs. Would you do a cowboy MMO? Like an uh, actual Western-esque Cowboy MMO. This uh, on the topic, really potentially. Of yeah, I, if it's good, like it depends what the combat is. Okay. I, it's my preference for that situation would always be, and this is kind of like, oh, if we're, we're, I, I'd much rather like a Destiny cowboy game. Like, I, if you want to make Firefly the MMO, I will play that game. 
Like it, I, I'd much rather kind of prefer the space cowboy game as opposed to the traditional cowboy game, just because it uh-huh. opens you up to more kind of stuff. But at the same time, like I'd play cowboy MMO. That sounds cool. Oh, if it's okay. a good one, I could, I could dig that. Like I don't know what combat would be, and to a certain extent, it's like okay, is this just Red Dead Redemption's online mode? Because mm-hmm. a turn-based cowboy MMO sounds dumb. But, like, if you wanted to make an MMO in the Damnation, which was the steampunk cowboy game that was terrible, I'd play that, too, so long as it wasn't as shitty as Damnation was. Mm-hmm. Like, cowboys are cool. I, I enjoy that time period and stuff. But, like, what's your hook aside for partner? <laughs> yeah, I I would totally play that. Like, I, it's... A Destiny game that was Cowboys, I'd be into. Like, I guess it's more. It's like, is it? it it's it's, it's got to be a third person or a first person shooter for me to care. Because a turn based third person game for Cowboys sounds dumb. I don't know. Like, maybe like a Secret World thing for Cowboys. I'd be okay with that potentially. But that's already kind of Secret World. I'd be kind of down. Yeah, I guess it's like. If you're just doing like, oh, it's a cowboy game. It's like, okay, so it's Red Dead Redemption multiplayer. No, it's different. How? How is it actually different? Like, in a world where Grand Theft Auto V Online is one of, if you just take a step back and look at it, most successful MMOs on the planet currently, how is a cowboy game that's just Grand Theft, that's just Red Dead Redemption 2 Online different if it's not doing something different? Like, if there's, like, a mysticism angle to it, I'd be down with that. I There's, a tabletop game that I'm blanking on the name of that, like, it's set in the we- it's set in Western stuff. It's got a steampunk bend to it, where it's got like airships and stuff, but it's also got like character classes that are like tra- that are, like hucksters and stuff that have like decks possessed by demons that you play by like doing a random card draw and like the Joker in the deck makes your character go insane and kill everyone and black out for four days. Like th- th- there are versions of Cowboy I'd be very interested in playing a video game based around that aren't mm. Red Dead Redemption or Call of War as the gunslinger. Okay. Yeah. Oh. It, it, what's your hook, I guess, at the end of the day? Like, it's the, is it like a farming simulator, photorealistic, accurate thing? I don't know. I'm not sure I'd play that. But, like, if you gave me some cool, like, if I can be a cowboy with fucking demon guns, I'd be fucking down to play that or something. Almost I know. Yeah. Um, gun grave. What do you know about the game they're developing? Just more cowboy. If you know what I'm referring to when I mentioned gun grave. Oh, gun grave? Yeah, maybe. Almost like that in a way. I ever played Gungrave? Really? I think you'd enjoy it. I mean, it's 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 a no. No, have you have you ever played Gungrave? Yeah. No, absolutely. Okay, I played uh, two of them actually. Yeah, I I I like Gungrave. I don't think of Gungrave as Western games. They're like weird anime shooters. Yeah, but I mean, like in that style where there's just a lot of action, but in a cowboy game. Yeah, something that would be like a pull. Yes, but I don't think it's a cowboy game at that point. Like. Remember, Gungrave is the game you're hauling around a coffin full of guns, like, and you have, like, weird full-auto pistols. I think a cowboy game has, like, six shooters and lever-action rifles and shit. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. that, that's what well, makes it a cowboy were, game. Well, because you were mentioning, like, kind of a more, like, Firefly Futuristic-esque Firefly one? has lever-action laser rifles, which is a dumb phrase. Really? I've I, never watched Firefly. There are so episodes would... where they have, like, sci-fi lever-action rifles and shit in that game. And, like, huh. the main character, I think, has a revolver, technically. 
It's still okay. a space revolver, but it's a revolver, technically. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, like maybe, that, maybe that's the Destiny thing, where it's like, oh, it's the scout rifles and, like, hand cannons. Yeah, they have, like, 13 rounds in them, but they still are revolvers at that point kind of thing. I, yeah, I... I no, nothing against action, but I think there's, like, if, if you're making a cowboy game, you have to kind of go along with, like, the textile of that time very heavily. Fucking damnation... Their solution to that was instead of having a revolver with six shooters, with six rounds in it, you had a revolver that had six extra barrels attached to it. So it's like, oh, it's technically a six shooter, but it's also dumb. <laughs> God, that game was bad and also kind of cool. <laughs> Yo, we got this cowboy parkour system. That is a dumb sentence. And, and I want to play that game based on that sentence. It fucking sucked. Cowboy parkour? <laughs> no, damnation. But yeah, it, it had oh. it had cowboy parkour. I thought you said the game was called Cowboy Parkour. For no, a that's second. a separate game. Ah. Yeah. We went into a lot. Oh, just talking about Call of Juarez. I, <laughs> I'm very passionate about Call of Juarez. Mostly because I thought I had a way cooler name than Red Dead Redemption did. I'm like, man, we could just swap these names. That'd be cool. Yeah. I bought Call of Juarez games based on I am so cool and edgy versus oh it's Red Dead Redemption la di da Call of Juarez the gunswinger yeah <laughs> moving on from that hey Alex yeah well I was fixing the Azerite trait system does that matter at all sure it is so they had a recent dev like QA thing or whatever and it seems like their solution right now is, hey, so I know there are issues with the Azerite system, and, you know, it's not exactly ideal. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to add another ring to future Azerite gear with all new stats. But they're going to feel more like tier sets. You know, the shit they said they were going to move away from? Yeah, those tier sets. So... Uh, I'll, I won't believe it till I see it, but right now it just looks like jerk. Sure. Towards what they think could fix it. They're, they're so dead set on Azerite gear, right? Because it's the main trait, if you will, or main signature of this expansion is Azerite. And Azerite. The only problem is, it's also what kind of makes this game really fucking weird. There was actually, I'll have to send it to you, but there was some really, really good video analysis on why they talk about how Azerite gear has made like trying to figure out your best in slot plus the possibility of Titan forging. Uh stupid in terms of being able to actually aspire to get the ideal gear that you want. I'll have to send it to you at some sure. point. But I yeah. I don't play WoW anymore, so I don't care so much, but I remember seeing this I'm like, that doesn't seem like a thing that's gonna fix anything. Yeah, no, not really. I don't think it is right now. But yeah. uh, here really quickly I'll explain to you what this is. When you were leveling did you ever level up any characters between 100 and 110? Yeah, I, I did the Azerite stuff. Okay, so you did a good chunk of that. So you ever notice while some rear, some gear rolled and got an epic upgrade or a rare upgrade? Yeah. So that's, every time you get gear now, you have a chance of it proccing, so to speak. And you can get either a, a Warforged, Titanforged, Mythic Titanforged, like there's these levels of... Yeah, it, it's better than normal gear. Yeah, so this kind of setup for gearing has made best in slots and certain gear sets really 
dumb. So the analogy that I saw was kind of ideal that I really enjoyed was you're a customer who walked into McDonald's. And actually, let me see if I can find the analogy because it's somebody stated it so perfectly that like uh, there's this. Here it is. Here's the analogy for that for that whole system. <clears throat> so let's say you're going to go into McDonald's and buy a four-piece nugget. And you're happy with that. And then some idiot comes in and also buys a four-piece nuggets, but their meal McForges, and now they have a 12-piece nugget meal with a soda and some fries, and you're standing there like some fucking idiot with your dumb four-piece nuggets while he or she has more than you for some weird reason, even though you don't both pay the same price but you are less rewarded. So that's the big complaint with this whole system they have with it right now. Yeah. It's 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 this weird like there's there's a lot of stuff at the core that's really wrong with this expansion right now. And like I mean it's playable. Don't get me wrong. But there are certain things that are just at the core an issue and Azerite just made things even more complicated because you don't have a goal to go get certain stuff with. It's like, oh, this piece? Well, I don't know. Let me go see what... Let me run simulations on the gear and see how it looks out overall. Yeah. And even then, like, I, I, I find myself simming a lot more this expansion than any other one because some of the Azerite stuff doesn't even make fucking sense. Oh, like, no, I not, have one right now. When I was go playing ahead. through, I was kind of... Whenever I got stuff that had the Azerite stuff on, I'm like, I don't fucking know if this is the right trait to pick for this even see that's the thing too and they don't tell you like they tell you what's on it yeah. but like you have to you have to go to third party researching to do that yeah like at least when there were tier systems you knew hey my force set actually is an upgrade because it does it modifies my gameplay in a way that's really good but on top of that it actually very much did change the way some people played like <clears throat> Case in point, um, for rogues, I, f- I forgot there was a, oh, what was it? There was a tier a long time ago that I think just increased flat out increased poison damage or deadly poison damage. Mm-hmm. And so you would get that and then you would have a weird kind of setup for talent points and everything else because your gear was optimized for, or your, your talents were optimized based off that gear. Like, but with this, it's like, oh, here are your Azerite traits, pick one. And you don't know if it's even good or not. I have, I'll give you one just last one before we move on to it. There's a chess piece right now. It's a PvP chess piece I got that says... Um, on which character, every, sorry? It's on my rogue. Okay. I stopped playing my shaman. The shaman has been shelved. It's, 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 it's shelved. Okay. But um, it says you have a chance of procking a debuff on your opponent called Battle, or Battle of the Horde or some sort of weird thing like that that increases the damage you deal. It's like, okay, by how much? It doesn't even tell you. It has no numerical descriptions in it. It has nothing. You have to go to some sort of weird third-party site just to find out how much the base number of it increases. Like, it, it, there's so many holes lacking with the Azerite system. I'm hearing that, like, the newer ones are, like, tier sets, which may make it good, but even then, that introduces a whole new set of problems because the Azerite traits are locked down via gear themselves and so if you change spec well if you pick that chess piece and pick a, a combat for or an outlaw uh let's say as right trait well now that chest is worthless 
because they will not change unless you have to pay gold to respec it. And at that point, every time you pay gold, it's doubling in cost. Uh, I've heard some stuff people or some people say that like the gold rerolls for Azerite in terms of being able to change the talent have gone up to like six digit gold number figures. Is that a lot or a little? I don't know if that's a higher low that's price. That's a lot. That is a lot. Back in the day, like the most I think gold, like gold you would cap out at for changing talents, like thousand gold, maybe. Gotcha. Now people are sitting on like, oh, it's going to cost you twenty thousand gold or two hundred thousand gold to respect this one Azerite trait. It's stupid, and I still keep. Yeah. <laughs> so, all around yeah, the WoW topic, seeing... I have a coworker that knows I do video game stuff, and he I. He plays Alliance, wow, I guess. And one of his cousins called him like, what were you, some 12-year-old kid or something? For doing that, I had to explain to him. It's like, no, 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 no. Alliance is easy mode, wow. The leveling area is a lot easier to yes. maneuver as yeah. well, I noticed. No, so I, I had to explain to him kind of the whole thing of like, yeah, there's no Badlands. Like, when did your cousin play? Oh, like Vanilla. Y- yeah, he's like, that's back when hordes separated the boys from the men, if you will. <laughs> if you want an easy, kind of cohesive story and leveling experience, you played Alliance. If you wanted to really play WoW, you rolled Horde. Yeah. But What do you um, play? Oh, I play a paladin. Yeah, I will fuck link you. you another video at some point that I think will also upset you very much. Because mm-hmm. it's expanding the Cthulian esque Lovecraftian story in WoW. Yeah. That you've already said it's quite a ripoff, and it's, it's going to go it's even bad. more. bad. I just don't care. Oh well, I'll, I'll send it to you just so you. Can, I, I want to hear your opinion on it. Sure. We'll talk about it next week, but sure. But yeah, um, there's a couple issues, and hopefully that stuff gets resolved. But I don't think it's going to get really tackled in the upcoming expand or patches. I think they're dead set. Their philosophy is set on as right here. This expansion. Sure. So it's going to be. It's going to be a system for this. Yeah. Moving on to some non-World of Warcraft-based news. Uh, the Brazilian government actually is the first weird test of Steam's new fucking put whatever the hell you want on our platform, we're cool with it system. Oh. Not really? in a good way. Like, like the weird, crazy anime? It's so... For uh, those not from what I'm talking about, Steam kind of said, put whatever the fuck you want on Steam. We're going to kind of allow anything. Your porn games, whatever. Like, if it's a straight-up trolling game or whatever, we're not going to allow that. Like, if it's a Bitcoin mining game, we're not going to allow that. But, like, our quality control is kind of going... Uh, fine, whatever. So, a game has been put up that is... Essentially, one of the Brazilian politicians just beaten down on people in a racist, sexist, and homophobic way. The game's pretty bad. It's it's not a great look for a variety of things. It's kind of waxes poetically about and nostalgically about the kind of fascist era of Brazil, where it was under a military dictatorship, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's it. It's propaganda kind of either for or against. I don't know on this one for a politician running in Brazil right now. I'm not saying his name intentionally in case we have any Brazilian listeners. I don't want to kind of victimize you with a Trump-esque character, if you will. Uh, Mm -hmm. But yeah, and it's it's not a great game. It's crudely made. It looks like shit, etc., etc. It came out October 5th, and it's been controversial as 
fuck. And a lot of people are petitioning to take the game down because it's a fairly effective kind of campaigning tool might be the wrong word, but it's it's video game-based propaganda, and the argument being that this game is straight trolling. Mm. Well, if you give people enough freedom, I don't know what the fuck people expect is going to happen. Right, but so just... under Steam's rules, the game is straight trolling. Like, it, This is the first real kind of, like, in-its-face test of the Steam's, like, we're cool with everything! And like, based on what the game is about, I'm kind of like, yeah, you should probably take this down, Steam. Like, I, I don't know if you'd be cool with this in the U.S., but I don't fucking know. It's a, it's an interesting time. Yeah. So far, there hasn't been any real movement on what the outcome for it is going to be, except that, hey, we'd love it if you took this game down. Yeah. So what you're saying right now is the internet fucking things up one, Steam, zero. Yeah, and I, I think it's more, this is the first, the Steam being cool with shit is new, and we're going to get to see how cool with shit Steam is, which I think will be indicative of kind of what people's feelings on that platform are long-term. Like, I know you're a bigger fan of Steam than I am, but, like, I've never been really cool with the fact that Steam is the big PC platform. Not because I have anything against Steam, but it's, like, it's the only option. And now that we have other options out there, I increasingly use Steam less intentionally. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see that. That's true. Yeah. Moving on to that, to some more wholesome news, if you will. Uh, you know the you know the state West Virginia, Alex. Uh, yeah, take me home. Uh, yeah, West famous Virginia. from Fallout seventy six fame. Yep. Well, so Bethesda and the West Virginia Tourism Board are partnering in an unholy union to do something tourismy based in West Virginia. No details of what the fuck this means, but I'm really hoping it means we're going to Fallout 76 tour of West Virginia. <laughs> you can go to the state's tourism website. There's a campaign. It's kind of cute. I don't know. Uh, it's neat to see a video game and a state getting along this well after the hardship that was Connecticut and Kings of Amalore. Not much more to say on this. Like, West Virginia is a state you can go to if you live in the U.S. or you're visiting. It's... Not always the best regarded state because it's part of the Virginias, but it's a pretty place if you like nature. Or radiated super mutants. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, um, I mean, good for West Virginia, I guess. Yeah. No, it's kind of like, sure. Yeah. It'd be nice for them to get known for something other than coal mining. Yeah. It's such a weird it's a weird pairing. Uh, it makes sense because that's where the game takes place. Oh, but... no, I, I mean, that part makes sense. Yeah. It's just like, maybe it's just a change of the times that like the city is like, yeah, no, totally promote us. Like, I don't know. I, I think it's a smart move to lean into it for a change. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. It's just, maybe it just feels a little bit new to me. Of course, but... Yeah, no, it's, this has not happened before successfully. Yeah. Alright, moving on from that, uh, I got some quick Forsaken news. I'm not going to go big into it this week. Uh, in the near future, if you buy Destiny Forsaken and have base-level Destiny, you will get both of the expansions for Destiny 2 Year 1 for free. Which is neat, not a bad move on their part. I The news for this kind of reads as you're getting the yearly pass for Forsaken. You're not. You're getting the expansion passes for kind of Year 1 contents. You'll get 
Curse of Osiris, and Warmind. If you've already bought this, like so many of us have, you will get a unique emblem, a unique shader, two veteran emotes, and some consumables, which is cool, I guess. Mm. I already own it, so it's like, oh, I got free stuff for already owning it. That's neat. It's old yeah. content, so like, to favorably compare Destiny to WoW, like, WoW, you get the past expansions at this point when you buy the new expansions, so cool. Yeah. This feels like a smart move. Yeah. Not much more to say on that topic. Uh, You've got some more Fortnite news this week. It is now available on all, and I mean all, available uh, phones that have app stores. I could have sworn it was already out. It was not. It was. You could only put it on Samsung for a while. It's now available on all Android phones. There was ways of getting it to work, but that exclusivity deal is up, and it's no invite needed. You can just go download that shit. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Nifty. Happy Fortniting. Yeah. You may Fortnite it all up. Yes, on the go or at your home. Whatever you want. Uh, My favorite news this week, Hitman 2's having multiplayer. That sounds pretty fucking cool. It looks real fucking cool, too. It's competitive uh, 1v1 multiplayer where you will compete in real time to see who can take out targets faster. Okay. So it is going after, like, the same objective kind of thing? Yeah. Separate objectives? Yep. Okay. That's pretty fucking cool. Three of the blurb. Two players will start each match of ghost mode. That's what it's called. Side by side. Both playing as Agent 47. One's a lot paler, obviously, because they're Mm -hmm. a ghost. They can't attack or interact with each other. Each player exists in their own separate reality that's unaffected by the actions of their opponents. Players will access Hitman 2 Arsenal and outfits to kind of get them enemies. So what I'm curious about this then is just, I mean, for balancing sake, like, are you just pretty much sitting in a game in a, a lobby with somebody else and then they're just telling you what their progress is? No, no, you, you can see the other player in live time. Oh. But you can't fuck with them. No, but, you're, but the goal is to kind of speed through assassinations as fast as possible. At launch, it's only being Hitman's Miami location, but it will come to other modes. I'm personally super interested in this. I'm also very... The trailer for it is confusing, but cool. <laughs> like, I had to dig a lot. I'm like, is this a competitive mode or a cooperative mode? I can't tell, but no, it's, it's competitive. Mm-hmm. But mostly I'm proud to announce that um, Hitman 2 Ghost Mode Evo Evo 2019 confirmed. (laughs) Evo 2019 confirmed for this? Yes. Obviously. (laughs) Hitman 2, the most fighting of games. Joining such greats as Catherine at Evo. Catherine is pretty top tier, though. Yeah. Uh, We've got some PS4 news for you. Oh? First off the bat, Sony has confirmed that I'm going to call it the PS5 for sake of argument. Is totally under uh, development. Duh. Is, say that again. What is under development? They are totally developing what will be essentially the PS5. It's totally real, guys and gals. We did it. We broke this thing that no one needed to confirm wide open. Wait, what? Oh, hold on. Are you telling me, Sony, the company that made you the PS4, the PS3, the PS2, and the PS1? Is planning on making another PS? Yes. Wow. The next generation of PlayStations is necessary, says Sony CEO. I, for one, am shocked and appalled that someone had to get out there and confirm this. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's groundbreaking. 
man was not meant to buy more than three PS consoles in their life. <laughs> I don't, I don't what? know. So says the Bible. <laughs> Xbox controllers, whatever, but. Well, as long as I can use my old controller. I, we'll see. There was some kind of backwards compatibility hinted at, which would be cool. But, yeah. If you could make a uh, PlayStation 5 that plays PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, and PlayStation 3 games, I'd be a fan. <laughs> That'd be a good look, Sony. Just saying. Uh, we've got some kind of bad Sony PS4 news as well, though. Uh, so, there is a hacking exploit going around right now where if you message someone using Sony's messaging system... It is possible to temporarily uh, brick their system. The fix seems to be as simple as just kind of going into the messaging app and deleting the message. It's a weird combination of letters and numbers that can be typed in. It doesn't seem to do any damage beyond that. You can also reformat the PS4 to get it to work, but it's apparently this happened before a couple years back, and it kind of went away, but it appears to be happening again. No damage has been reported yet, but it's annoying. Yeah, 2015 was the last time this was going around. Ah. Huh. wonder what brought it Is it the same? It, well, it's not the same bug. It can't be the same bug. It kind of is. It's the actual same bug? It's a similar it's exploit, I guess. Oh. Huh. Well, I know, like, I mean, I didn't remember hearing it for the space. I remember hearing about it on iPhones a long time. message, and it would either restart somebody's computer or, or restart somebody's phone. Or, yeah. This is not a permanent brick, it seems. It's more your controller stops working than your PS4 stops working, and there are ways to fix it. But Is it a hard restart? Yeah. Just kind of get it going. Yeah. yeah. Huh. But oh. I got some positive Sony news. Oh, go on. PlayStation name changes are officially coming. Does that mean you can finally change your yes! name? Yes! Or... <laughs> Starting in early 2019, you will be able to... Change your old PSN ID. The first change will be free and will cost $10 after that, after the fact. Um, five bucks if you're a PlayStation Plus member. Uh, beta testing for the server will begin soon. Uh, there is a hitch, though, to this where, depending on the game, your gamer tag might not necessarily change. It is up to the various game developers to make the change implement. It is also not clear if any if this will carry back at all to the PS3 and Vita, but... Who cares? We did it, boys. It's happening. So are you going to do it day one? or? That's my plan. Day one, eh? Right. I get it for free. Oh, you get it for free? Oh, first one's okay. free. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've actually gone through the process of reserving my desired gamer tag so I can make that happen. It's available now, which is awesome. But yeah. Uh, up next, it's on the opposite end of the pond, if you will. Uh, this new uh, Xbox update, and it brought back avatars, my favorite part of the Xbox 360 interface. Is this the custom avatars? Yes, these are the little people. Okay. And they're higher res with funkier hair, and yay. It's a dumb thing because it was kind of fun to go into your friends list and see all them sleeping, which was weird. But I, it was a fun little thing I dug about the Xbox interface. <laughs> You have like a personality in your gamer tag, which I thought was kind of cool. They show up in profile pages and activity feeds, which I think is cool. Yeah, that'd be nice. You can also bring them over from your old old avatar. So yeah. Oh, so you can bring them back from your old. Well, yes. Kind 
can you can bring that sucker forward, which means all of the kind of clothing that's already in the system probably still works. That's what my next question was: if you can bring back all the old gear you have, yeah. Because there are people who have some pretty legit looking fucking. I unlocked a lot of stuff for various games. Next, this is a quickie because I'm not sure it's a big deal, but Borderlands Two VR is coming to the PS4. Before you get excited, this isn't really Borderlands 2. You don't move, you teleport, there's no multiplayer. But hey, it's Borderlands 2! <laughs> Comes out in December. It's not Borderlands 2, really, so I don't care, but it, it seems like a cool idea for VR, kind of, too. For VR, it's, it, it does kind of, it is built yeah. so you can kind of play in VR, which would be okay, but I don't know. I, I'll be honest, I'm kind of over the whole VR thing for a bit maybe it's just because like we heard too much about it and it's kind of it hasn't gone anywhere any really cool yet it, it, it's neat technology but the implementations for it have been limited yeah i think so yeah yeah that's a thing yeah next but not least we have some um kind of by how hard is it not to do this uh streamer you put the streamer trihex Yes, he is the one they based the tryhard emote from. Yes, of tryhard emote fame has been banned from Twitch for homophobic slurs. Yep. I heard about this one. I was like, oh, this is going to be a good one. I... Because yet again, just shows that it's not too hard to avoid saying shit like this, but lo and behold, good job, guys. Yep. As of this recording, he's still banned, and... This is where it gets really dumb. He yelled it at someone that was off screen, like not even about the game. And it's like it's one of those ones where it's like, is this a problem? Yeah. Is this maybe oversensitivity? I don't know. Maybe a little bit, but also, how fucking hard is it not to say some shit? Yeah. I will say though, some people just to add a little bit to this uh thing, a lot of people have been kind of calling out the double standard in like you have bigger names. Say oh, yeah, no. close to some crazy shit like that and they don't get banned. But this guy says it and it's like, let's shut that shit. Oh, yeah, no. Further proving that moderation in Twitch is very fucking... Oh, it's fucked. Shit. Yeah. And this is not me singling him out. It's more just the latest in the ongoing stream of really? Mm-hmm. But who gives a fuck about video games? The most important news from this past week is Cobra Kai Season 2 is confirmed, bitches. <laughs> if that's the one I wanted to talk about, that one. None of this video game shit matters because Cobra Kai is coming back. We are now also like to officially announce that we are now a Cobra Kai podcast starting with episode 125, where we will go and watch each episode side by, you know, on podcast and, and do live commentary and then analysis. I'd be down to do that. I liked Cobra Kai a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. I still haven't watched it yet. You should watch it. It's real cool. It's yeah, good. This is dumb news I dug because I was pretty sure it was confirmed already, but like that's a good enough joke for this. Yeah, it's getting 10 more episodes. It's coming back summer's 2019. I'm excited because Cobra Kai was awesome and it shouldn't have been. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's pretty fucking good. Yeah. Cobra Kai! <laughs> Who gives a fuck about video games? Yeah. 
Yeah. That's going to do it for news this week. It's now time for our main topic, which sadly will not be Cobra Kai. No. As much as it maybe should be. We should never not be talking about Cobra Kai on this podcast. <laughs> we really shouldn't. It's that good. Uh, but so, in kind of in light of Citizen Con happening this week and my increasing mixed feelings about Citizen Con and some meditation on this and kind of some stuff we've talked about in the past, and be now excited we'd have come up with a bit of an interesting topic this week, which is the idea that, well, BlizzCon, CitizenCon, PSX, these are all advertising campaigns that have somehow managed to trick people into paying money to attend them. And I, I get their part fan convention, they're a cool way to meet other people, but to a certain extent, the idea that you are paying money especially in BlizzCon's case, to watch ads for video games, and what they tried to do with CitizenCon as well, is a little bit fucked up, in my opinion. <laughs> and upon kind of actually thinking about it, Alex was like, yeah, that is a little bit messed up. It, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. It's definitely a tad on the... Yeah. Sense. Yeah. So let's run with this one yeah. a little bit here. Um... Okay, so I think the important place to start is to kind of like it's the how is E3 different from all of these? And the answer is that up until recently, E3 was media only. And if you registered early on enough, you got in for free. The point of E3 mm -hmm. was not to make anyone money necessarily like the costs of E3 associated with it were to kind of cover the cost of having E3. And a lot of the money that went into it was from the various booth vendors building their booths, and that booth money didn't go towards a large nebulous kind of organization. Like, it wasn't paid access to the Activision booth. It was, for people like me and Alex that could register for it correctly, free access to E3 that other people were paying for it to happen. You had to pay for food mm -hmm. and shit like that, obviously, but the actual attending of E3, the entering in the building, was zero cost, hypothetically. Mm -hmm. Whereas BlizzCon... Uh, to a certain extent, PSX, CitizenCon, even stuff like Comic-Con, if we're going to kind of get out there, are very much, unless you're media, paid events, and the goal of them is to be paid events. They're, they're not, they're, you're not supposed to go to them for free. Some people do for various reasons, but they're intended to maybe not make money, but you are essentially paying money to be there. I mean, so I'm going to touch on this in a couple ways. Number one, um, in a way, really, if if this if we're looking at it that it's like a giant ad fest, which it it is, let's be honest here, you could say that about any convention, though. I like yes, but I think the difference is, I think yes, inherently conventions are inherently kind of ad fest. I think the difference being like CitizenCon directly promotes Star Citizen. There is nothing else there accepts our star citizen stuff blizzcon similarly is only promoting well blizzard properties like this year it's rumored to be lots of diablo stuff do you have any guess what the majority of blizzcon is going to focus on as a result of that it's gotta be diablo mm -hmm. yeah like it's targeted like at anime conventions general video game conventions they are giant walking ad fests and various booths are ad fests and you're paying to be there but you're not paying to be targeted, I guess. Like The difference in my mind is 
like is there gonna be an activision at like i i, I don't know like uh tgs or something not tgs yep that's a bad example i'm trying to think of like a fan video game convention um magfest is what comes to mind it's like could there be an activision booth at magfest yeah activision is paying for that booth and your registration fees don't go back to activision they go to magfest which is a separate entity which in theory has found a way to justify your attending by having panels and events and other stuff like you're getting something for your money i guess the distinction in my mind is like you get stuff for blizzcon and citizen con don't get wrong i'm not saying they're like giant they they don't lock you in a room and just bombard you with ads. Well, they kind of do, but they, you are getting something out of it, but it's all very targeted. It's all just them. And the money that you're spending is going directly back to the advertisers, essentially. The people, like, it, Blizzard makes money off BlizzCon, hypothetically. It's not some third party that Blizz, uh, Blizzard happens to be attending their convention at. That's, I think, the distinction between it and normal conventions. Like, Anime Expo. Anime Expo, the foundation, makes money. Activision, or not Activision, like uh, Toyo Animation pays to be there, and that's what helps cover the cost of it existing. It's not, and like, they'll advertise there, don't get mind, they'll sponsor it and whatever. It's not, hey, welcome to just Toyo, Activi uh, Toyo Convention. Okay. Um... And, and I guess, like, take a step, one step back, it's like, okay, fine. You're attending it in person. There's stuff to do. You'll get some free stuff, whatever. It's the Citizen Con paid for live stream. They backed away from the fact that BlizzCon is a paid live stream. Is a little fucked. Well, not all of it is a paid live stream. But some of it is. Some of it is, but some of it is because it's exclusive to people who've paid to be there in the first place kind of thing. So, in a way, like, I mean, I, I get it where you're kind of going with it, but, like, it is a fan convention. People are paying to go watch it, but you're also paying to watch, like, like it's a fandom thing. You go and watch some of the insider stuff, like, to be a part Is of it. Is it really insider stuff, though? I mean, you get first dibs on it, yes. Like, what do you actually get first dibs on? Uh, just he hearing some of the direction things are going with, some of the actual... Game, like some of the stuff they usually have you actually demo there while that you're there. Then winds up cool. in kind of so uh, the attending it, I get like you get some hands on time, but at the same time, like what do you get? It's like okay, you're playing a very limited build of something, like and that's if you even get to play something. Uh, I don't know, like, but you also get to hang out with like minded people who enjoy, sure, which, which I think like a good chunk of the con what actually gets offered isn't necessarily part of the official schedule. Yeah. Like, I've had a lot of fun going to cons, and it's been all about just, like, enjoying being there with people. No, and I, I, I get that. I'm not trying to discount that aspect of it. I'm more, it's the, like, so how much does BlizzCon tickets cost? Like, a hundred and something now. It's okay, so... Over the years, for sure. Well, we're not down to a hundred bucks, kind of just to make it easy math. Uh, so... Do you feel you get a hundred dollars worth of exclusive from BlizzCon? Um, for the experience and everything, yeah. No, 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 no. Discounting the people that go to it, which you could in theory get for free hanging out in the parking lot. Do you feel it's a hundred dollars worth of exclusive? Such as uh the concert performance by a big band at the end of the at the end of the week. Is that live streamable? Uh the performance? Yes. Okay, so that's not exclusive to going there. Oh, so you mean exclusive versus yes. actually, like... Uh, 
I don't know, but I mean, it's the feel of actually being there, which is a big thing, I think. Like, that's a big, diff- like, draw that, like, I think I would enjoy. Like, don't get me wrong, I will pay for the live stream and watch it because yeah. I want to keep up and watch some of the panels and all that stuff. And not to mention, I can go back and watch all the panels I didn't get a chance to watch the first time. Yeah. But it is definitely a, like, good... Uh, like, I definitely pay for the experience. Well, like, if we're going to hold it at, at How at much of value, BlizzCon stuff winds up on YouTube and Twitch eventually? Not a lot of it, actually. Okay. So that might be the major difference, where some of these events, like, a lot of what they show just winds up on YouTube and Twitch eventually. No, Blizzard's really locked out about that. Like Fair. the stuff that you watch on the live stream after that, most of that stuff just doesn't show up anywhere else. You may hear, you may see pictures and photos of it, but sure. the actual watching the event and all that, you sure, yeah, you don't get. That. That's better than most out there, I guess. Then, yeah, yeah. I mean, if we're just to use BlizzCon as an example, but here's the thing too: like, it's at the end of the day, you're paying for an experience on top of that. Like, and that, and the other thing too: like, you can't putting a, a price tag on an experience. It's like that is a little bit different because for each person it's different. The value is going to be different. You can't you can't monetize or put a price value on like an experience. Like yes, I've you can. They do every year. It's one hundred and seven dollars. You just said it was. You're paying for the content there. You're not paying for the experience of going there to hang out with your friends. No, you are literally that. paying for the experience of being there. It's one hundred and seven bucks. You can't be there without one hundred and seven dollars. Yeah, but of that's limited what I'm saying, tickets. Though, like, yeah, but I mean, if I'm going to go there, I think personally the value of it goes up more because I enjoy being there. Their experiences, I've met lots of friends that like I've played with over the years at BlizzCon, and it's been fun. We've had good times. We've gone to Disneyland afterwards and I, all that, and that's because somebody coordinated that kind of experience. I, I, I'm not discounting that. I'm just saying that like it's the idea. It's, no, no, you can totally put a price tag on that, hypothetically. That's exactly what they've done. They put a price tag on being able to go there and do that, but like the experience you have with other people while you're there at their thing as, like, you paid friends, to be at. Yes, you you can't count that. Yes, you can. No, you can't. Would you have had the same experience being out in the parking lot? No. Then they've managed to monetize the experience. Dude, I work in the monetized like... experience world. I know how to do this for a living. This yeah, is exactly what I do it's... for a living. Yeah, but it, it's it's a catalyst, if you will, but it's not the actual... We're selling you the catalyst, though. We have success... Okay, so if you're selling the catalyst, then Which yes, creates the experience. That... Yeah, We are selling you the experience. the experience. We have managed to convince you that you can only get this experience in this one situation, in this one circumstance, and that's what's worth paying for. Ah, uh, that's kind of strange. It is exactly what it is. No, yes. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna consider that a stretch. It's exactly what the theme park industry is. Uh, no. Yes. No. Yes. And I'll tell you why? Because people don't after they leave from this, they don't talk about how. Oh man, that ride was great. Yes, and they that's do. The only memory of it. No, they talk about it briefly for that moment, but years down the line, you talk about the time you hung out with your friends at a theme park, and that was fun. Yes, and you, you had to pay to get about, into. Oh, hey, yeah, yeah. But again, what I'm saying is that that part is like up front, but the actual long term of what you're paying. Well, you're not for talking is... about you had to pay to get in, but you're talking about the pay. You're talking about the thing you paid to witness. You're talking about that time you got to see something before everyone else did, or 
the fun you and your friends had at the thing you paid to get into. Yeah, but we're, that's our a paid focus experience. Isn't the thing that is a monetized experience that you could not have had without paying for it. I think we're arguing two different. Points. No, no, no. You you are arguing that the experience with your friends is not something you are paying for, and I am challenging it by saying the majority of the experience is exactly what you're paying for because it's in a specific location. Is the experience of watching the live stream with your friends the same as physically being there? Well, I watch the live stream by myself. There's no one else here for me to watch it with. Same friends. If you all watch the live stream together, would that be the same experience? Maybe not, because right after... No, I can guarantee it's not, because it becomes the memories of what you're doing at the thing. Like I, It sounds evil, and it is, but that is the industry I work in, dude. Like, it's the... You are being engineered in a certain way into associating kind of fond memories with something that was the exclusive experience. It's not a bad thing. I'm not saying, like, going to BlizzCon is inherently wrong, but they are bringing a bunch of like-minded people into one location for you to hang out with and to kind of encourage the chance of this shit happening, and you are paying for that privilege. It's kind of a weird nerd speed dating, Mm -hmm. which also often is paid for. In that sense, I can kind of see it. The way you were presenting it at first was like... It's the same way. You're putting a price tag on a friendship. They are. They they are putting a price tag in a certain way into a start of a friendship. They're not monetizing on the majority of your friendship, but they are creating the place, the situation, and the environment in which that friendship begins, hypothetically. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not bashing anyone who goes to a convention and makes friends for this stuff. I'm more talking about the fact that you are, in essence, paying for a situation to occur. Again, there's nothing wrong with that except for the fact that you pay a lot of money to get bombarded with ads in a situation that's going to kind of, you're paying for an idealized world to a certain extent, which again, nothing inherently wrong with it, but the idea, like to a certain extent, like if you could have Blizzard BlizzCon be free, would you take it? Maybe. Only because I feel like the experience would get numbed down. They wouldn't have to invest anywhere near as much work to it. So I feel like the quality would be. Okay, so remember this. E3 didn't cost people money to attend for decades, and the quality was in some ways better than it is now. I don't think so. I think it did cost them money. It just cost the company's money. The individual person who wins. Yeah, no. Got to go because what, what, their company got yes, it. Yes, yes. No, and, and also beyond that, like it's the media, like the people E3 was for got in for free. Yeah. Okay. The money was being put up front by the companies that were showcasing stuff there, the ones that were advertising to you, essentially. It's why I've had such a kind of a fucked up reaction to, oh, you can just straight pay to go to E3 now. Because you're not getting anything out of paying for that. Like the... The BlizzCon and CitizenCon paid ticket is more valuable than a paid E3 ticket, especially in the situation where, in, as someone who's been to E3 a couple times now, E3 is better experience from home. Like, you get a much better sense of anything that shows up there than being there. And, like, there's a chance you might get to play more video games. Well, now, yeah. Unless yeah. you're, like, trespass. That's... No, but... Because, like, the last times I've went, it's been fucking... Hard. Right, but so and here's the thing, that it's become horrible because 
people that aren't press are now allowed in. Like that used to be kind of it's we forget it because it's E3, but E3 is a trade show. It is designed to sell video games to retail outlets and get media outlets talking about it. This whole pay to go thing is cool and all, but also not what that convention's lined up to be. Like we talked about it two years ago, the first year you could do that, you basically got nothing for your payment. It was a little better this year, but not much. It's why kind of like PAX is a fan convention, but also you're paying to go in and that's it. And kind of everything's aimed at you. It's not like, and at, and at the same time, people are paying additional costs to be there, which is what allows PAX to continue existing. Blizzard, BlizzCon is, is Blizzard paying to advertise directly to you. And yes, they create a fan environment for you to go to, but it's to continue to foster kind of this rah-rah Blizzard attitude, which again, there's nothing inherently wrong. I'm like, I know I'm taking a soundingly very hard stance on it, but I'm just, and I'm not intentionally doing it. I have nothing against BlizzCon. I have nothing against CitizenCon even really at the end of the day. Like it's the, if you want to have a convention for your video game, fucking go for it. Especially if it's a game I like, I will probably try and attend. Like TennoCon and um, the DestinyCon thing, GuardianCon, I think it's called, sound like cool things I'd love to go to, except they're far fucking away. It doesn't change the fact that it's the these are fucking advertisements aimed at your ass, and you are paying to go to a one company advertising campaign. And they're not wrong; they're showing off some cool stuff. They're showing off never before seen things, but you have paid a lot of money to not necessarily get to touch any of that stuff and have a bunch of people spend a couple of days telling you how you should totally keep buying their shit. Okay. Uh. When presented like that, sure, but it just seems like... No, and uh, I, I, I know it seems like I'm taking a really hard line on this. I'm not meaning to. It's more of a, like, what if BlizzCon was free to go to? What really changes from your enjoyment of BlizzCon if it was free to go to? Because hmm. I guarantee Blizzard makes enough money every year that BlizzCon's quality would not drop. Or like, let's take it one I step. I think per- the quality would drop no, no. quite a bit. I, I guarantee it wouldn't need, necessarily need to. There's not a. If- okay, so let's, uh, let's hit a meeting like, Okay, so let's say the tickets cost fifty bucks. Assuming what BlizzCon has about a hundred thousand people show up for it or something, that more than covers convention fees. So now all of the kind of production costs are being fronted by Blizzard themselves. Let's say twenty bucks actually for entrance. And again, assuming like this is a big assumption, but like assuming Blizzard is now putting up all the money, which they have, to advertise directly at you, and the quality has not really changed, has your enjoyment of the convention changed at all? I also know how much BlizzCon costs to do a year. I don't know. I feel like when you do something for free, you're not fully invested. Yeah, in it. it's, so, and this might be a, I. Hmm? No, I'm saying like I feel like like people are more. More people are more invested in trying to actually put something in until, like, if there's money on the line. And if BlizzCon, you know, spends money to make money, then I get it. But, like, if they were to do it for free, it's less likely they'd be willing to, like, bust their ass. Because even then, they're just going to work hard to try to break even. Yeah, and, and I understand the concept of you're paying for a better experience. That's why I'm saying, like, it's the 100, it's like, it's the at 20 bucks or like 15 or even 30 bucks, that's when I start going like, eh, yeah, whatever. It's the $100 to be advertised at that's kind of nuts. 
And I, I, again, I'm not saying like I, I'm not going to say anything wrong. I work in an industry where this is what I do essentially for a living. It is the creating moments and opportunities and experiences and all that stuff that people are willing to pay for. So like, I, it's like I've worked indirectly for BlizzCon before. I've worked indirectly for the League of Legends championships before. Like, I, I, I can honestly say I've worked for both events and know kind of what goes on in the background, and it's boring-ass, unmagical logistics stuff, which is something I really find entertaining. But, mm-hmm. yeah, like, it, it's very much kind of, like, it's the, BlizzCon's a weird concert at the end of the day, from an organizational standpoint. It is more in line with the music festival than anything else. So, of the two of us, you're the one more likely to attend this type of stuff. Like, I, it's... I, I I enjoyed PSX the one time I went, but also like, I have no interest in ever going back to PSX to a certain extent because I found it unbelievably kind of sad in its own way. And, and BlizzCon seems like a way cooler thing, and CitizenCon just seems weird in a way I'd get a kick out of. Like, I want to go to the Eve one, apparently, because there's like weird religious cults that pop up at that every year. The fuck? Well, because there's religious cults in Eve, and they have like real-world representation, but it's beyond the point. I, it's... Like, I, again, I know it sounds like I spent the last hour or so bashing kind of paid fan conventions, and I'm not. I think they're a very important part of fan communities. It's when you have kind of a convention put on by a company that's essentially meant to blast advertisements at you for, like, it's it's more the paid stream aspect of it. And I understand the BlizzCon one is like, oh, there's exclusive content, but at the same time, you also had CitizenCon where the argument was like, we're going to charge more for stuff to cover more costs. And it was, okay, what are people actually getting? You guys are still selling ships and citizen con is the most egregious because it's a convention to sell fake starships. Mm. Like, let's move away from BlizzCon. I understand you get defensive when it's on topic. You have a stronger attachment to like star citizens, extra egregious. And like the Warframe one's also not great in my opinion, but also they do enough free to play stuff that, it's a little bit mitigated where they are showing you stuff to buy. It would be essentially like kind of, it's like paying money to go to an uh, auto show, which people do, which is nuts in my book too. I mean, I, at the end of the day, yeah, realistically every single one of these cons is an advertising show. Yeah. But I I think if you're a fan of the franchise or you enjoy it, then yeah, I I think maybe it'd be more comparable if like the Apple live streams for their newest stuff was paid. That's, I guess, more what I... It's the paid live streams, I think, that are always nuts. Don't give them any fucking ideas. They have... That's already a... Somebody, somebody at Apple just heard that idea, and it's fucking drooling right now. Yeah, I... Like, the Pixel, what, <laughs> 3 announcement just happened? Imagine if it was like, hey, pay $5 to see this shit. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> we at Apple are charging you $10 for your live stream privileges because we can, and you'll do it, sheeple. <laughs> but Apple. But it's Apple. But it's Blizzard. <laughs> yeah, I, it's. Yeah. It is an interesting way to look at it, though. Yeah, and it, my my perspective is very much driven from the fact that I come from the industries that make stuff like BlizzCon happen. And th- there are perpetual moments in that shit where it's just like, the fuck is wrong with you people? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I probably will still enjoy it. Yeah, now, there's nothing wrong with enjoying BlizzCon. Again, it's, it's not me saying you're dumb or you shouldn't enjoy stuff like this. Like, it's the, my industry only works as people sign up to go to this shit. Like, I get paid to make this type of stuff happen. Mm-hmm. 
that's the fun of it for me. It's like, yeah, let's do this shit. <laughs> yeah, uh, but this is an interesting topic, though. Yeah. Like, it, it is an interesting perspective to look at it like that. Though, I'll definitely give you that. Never once would I have thought that that was the way I'd look at it. Because it is an interesting view. Yeah, yeah. It didn't. I, it, it didn't. I didn't intend for this to become me lecturing you on the like. No, we're totally playing you against yourself, <laughs> but we are. And again, like interesting plot. Yeah, again, it's also like it's the. It's like you shouldn't feel bad for being played. Like we're we're not like ripping you off, but we kind of are. But at the same time, like if you're happy at the end of the day, what's it matter? We're not totally mm-hmm. selling you snake oil. We're selling you snake oil light. <laughs> snake oil light. Diet snake oil with half the calories of normal snake oil. <laughs> Although Citizen Con might be full snake oil. Sna- Citizen Con is full snake oil. I it's. <sighs> I watched Citizen Con this year. I it. Last couple times I've watched, it's a cool convention that like part of me is like, ah, I wouldn't mind going to this. Like, and this year they put a lot of effort in. They had like a um, Drake uh, Dragonfly you could stand on, which I thought was kind of cool. They had a room that was decked out in like infographics for the new Drake Kraken. Like they, it was a cool thing. It doesn't change the fact that when I was watching a kind of recap of it on their website, there was an advertisement for like, hey, buy the stuff we showed you at Citizen Con in a bundle, and I'm like, no. Fuck you! <laughs> I don't care about special ship color variants and stuff. I'm mad I own some fake ass digital spaceships. <laughs> yeah, like that. That game is weird because the advertising they have for that game is fucking car commercials, and it works. Mm-hmm. And then they fucking show it as part of a live stream for a convention. They're like, hey, from Drake, a fake-ass company we made up. Here's a fake-ass thing you can spend real-ass money on. And I'm like, huh, I could use a Drake Kraken. No, I don't. <laughs> Shut up, Charlie. So it's, like a, it's a digital dealership yeah. for you to watch. Yeah. I, I think my favorite moment of it was when they had, as part of the live stream, they showed you off. They showed off the digital de- car dealership in the game that they sell real ships, that they sell fake real ships for. With real money, I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Why would you show me the, co- the, de- the car dealership that I can spend real world money in? Yes, I know it has to come to the game eventually, but like, this is a weird choice. <laughs> and it's a car dealership. I'm like, oh, I feel conflicted now and awkward. <laughs> Citizen Con has been kind of an adventure. Star Citizen in general is a weird ass thing to think about. Like, I don't lie awake at night thinking about it, but there's occasionally times where I'll like uh, something will happen and I'll think about some parts of it, and I'm like, either a bunch of people are gonna get super arrested someday, or one hell of a video game is gonna come out of this. I don't know which. It is gonna be a hell of a fucking podcast when they get shut down. Yeah. Or if they do. Either way, it's going to be a hell of a podcast. Like, it's one of those ones where it's like, what if it comes out and it's bad? (laughs) What if it comes out and it's good? What if it actually comes out? Like, that would be the biggest news. Like, what happens Mm -hmm. when it enters beta and you're like, oh, shit, they move forward. And at the same time, like, it's this very awkward one of, like, oh, the, the, the development's taking forever. It's taking about as long as a normal MMO takes. It's actually not that long. It's just been exceedingly public. It also feels like a scam. You're absolutely right. Well, yeah. Yeah. No. Citizen, the way every time you've talked about CitizenCon, I'm always a little like iffy about it. Oh, yeah, you should be. 
Uh, like e- EveCon, like, I don't know what it's called. I think it would be kind of cool for you to go check out at some point. It's in Iceland. That's the one issue. Holy fuck, that's where, Iceland? That's where Eve's out of. Oh, okay. well, that makes sense. Holy shit, Iceland. Yeah. I think it's exceedingly important. Like, if you're going to a fan convention funded by the company, that makes the thing you're a fan of. Like, it's not wrong, but be aware you are technically be you are technically paying for a chance to be advertised. That, like, again, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that thing. And like, we all go to stuff like that. Like, it's a normal thing. You want to go to the thing you're a fan of. That's cool in your mind, kind of thing. But but I think it's important to approach all that stuff understanding, like you are paying for advertisements. It was kind of like back in the 90s, early 2000s, paying for a video game magazine subscription, especially Nintendo Power. A- so I'm a little curious, because I really quickly, because I know we've gone on quite a bit of yeah. this one here, but I'm curious. What about third-party conventions that are thrown by other, like basically a third-party company throws a convention? For example, Comic-Con is not controlled by any of the big studios or companies. They are their own agency. Would you consider them also? I mean, they advertise the shit out of everything on the outside. Comic-Con is a bad example. Um, Anime Expo I'd go with because I think Anime Expo is less of an advertisement. Like, the reality is conventions are all inherently slightly advertisements because they're conventions. I think the big difference is, and this is where Comic-Con's not as bad as some of the other ones we've talked about, but still, I I can go on about Comic-Con if we want to in a minute or two, but like, there's an organization that runs Comic-Con. They get paid for booth space and by people wanting to attend, and the money that goes both directions covers the cost of the convention happening. You go the booth spaces they paid for advertise at you kind of thing. Like there's, there's a middleman that separates kind of you paying direct money to your advertiser. Mm-hmm. Comic-Con is weird though, because the farther you go back in time to Comic-Con, the more of a fan convention it becomes. Comic-Con in the modern era is a mess that's ruined by kind of media and other stuff where it, it it's lost kind of the fan aspect to it. The fact it's so expensive and hard to get tickets for it is not because Comic-Con has necessarily gotten better as overall quality. It's just the popularity of it's gone up, and what historically really was just a comic book convention now has, like, TV premieres and, like, fuck, the, um, the, the uh, Cobra Kai thing we just got, we talked about in the news is a joke, was announced at a Comic-Con. What the fuck does Cobra Kai have to do with comics? That's true. Well, I mean, Comic-Con is also involved in this weird fucking monster. Recently, yeah, like that, but it didn't start off as that. Like, the modern version of Comic-Con is a bloated mess that I would argue is kind of like, you're paying to be advertised at. If you went back to... Okay, so, kind of actually loop back to what I was talking about, the kind of creating environments thing. Historically, and like when I was going to conventions... The point of going to a convention is you are paying to be in a place with lots of people that are like-minded to you, that all kind of, at a base level, care about anime, video games, fantasy novels, BDSM, sex stuff. Whatever the convention you're going to is, you're going there to have a base kind of conversation point with everyone around you. And 
to what Alex was talking about, the idea that you're like, you're getting experience from, you're making friends, like things you wouldn't get normally kind of out of a situation. And use my speed dating analogy, you're bringing a bunch of people together with a higher chance of you kind of, well, hitting it off in a positive or at least a social way based on a shared baseline interest. Comic-Con has lost that as time has gone on where, like, Venture Brothers, Rick and Morty, that makes sense to have a Comic-Con. That's kind of a comic-level fan thing going on. Bones, the TV show. Why the fuck is that at Comic-Con? Yes, I know Bones is over. Don't write me about that. But, like, (laughs) the amount of not kind of, I'm going to call it nerd community stuff that happens at Comic-Con now means it's just a weird kind of public-facing advertising machine now. But stuff like Anime Expo, where it's like, yes, we get it. Crunchyroll sponsors it. Um, Funimation sponsors it. They got stuff all fucking over the place, and they're advertising at you. But you're not paying them necessarily. You're paying whoever runs Anime Expo, whose kind of goal is to throw a good convention. Mm-hmm. Does, that, does that distinction make sense at all? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I definitely, like, I definitely get the, the reference, yeah. for sure. Like, I just was curious, because you had mentioned it's owned by this company, they'd be bad, but a third-party one would be interesting. Yeah, I guess, like, it's one of those ones where it's like, in my mind, if, it, if, if, if someone else was throwing BlizzCon, it was like, hey, we're throwing BlizzCon for fans of Blizzard stuff. And Blizzard mm-hmm. was like, oh, shit, you're throwing a convention for us. That's awesome. Here's some money for that. That's enough of a separation where it's like, okay, yeah, you're obviously you're going there to talk about Blizzard shit, but it's not Blizzard going like, hey, we made a thing for you to hang out with. QuakeCon's actually the perfect example because QuakeCon is not associated with it as far as I know. They just have a heavy presence there. Okay. I don't. I think I think QuakeCon's run by a separate individual group. I could be wrong about that. I don't know. Cause like initially it was just a giant quake tournament that wasn't affiliated with anyone because no one paid for video game tournaments. Like I, Evo, another perfect example where every fighting game on the planet that's actually worth its salt wants to be there and puts money in and puts fighting sticks. But what's it? Shryuken, the company that runs Evo is the company that you actually makes the money at the end of the day. And they make money to keep doing Evo. They're not putting money back into advertising budgets or whatever. They're not trying to cover the cost of the money that someone else sunk into displays. They're covering the cost of, yo, we threw a tournament. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like the OWL is a little bit weird for me where it's like, okay, so it's the people that invented a game throwing their own tournament in a very exclusive way. Eh, whatever. It's fine. That's more in line with normal sports at that point, I guess. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Just a lot to think about. Yeah. I, it's, <laughs> in general, I think a lot of people don't realize how often they're advertised to. And, like, again, there's nothing necessarily wrong with advertisements, but I think it's. Uh, this topic is fascinating to me because a lot of people kind of like hang their identity as who they are as a person on a brand, a game, a label of some kind. And as a result are actually, they're not making the identity of any kind. They're adopting the identity created by an ad firm to make someone feel comfortable about their products or to kind of make them feel like they belong. We mentioned Apple, but like 
Apple fans are kind of some in some ways the biggest victims of this, where a lot of Apple products are fine to good to great. But not all Apple products are. And the fact that like you have a phone out there that doesn't have a headphone jack in it for reasons is some bullshit that no one should feel good about. So I'm very happy with my OnePlus 6. Still has the headphone jack, although the OnePlus 6T is getting rid of the fucking headphone jack. Yeah, I, I think it's like... To segue into phones, like I, I, I need to buy a new phone in the next year and a half, two years kind of thing, and I don't know what to get because I'm getting less and less comfortable buying Samsung, and I don't really want a Google phone, and I don't want an Apple phone, and I can't get the Sony phone I like in the U.S. anymore. Yeah, like it, I, I have looked at a couple of those like really weird out of there brands that have like yeah, we run a version of Android kind of. But, like, we put it through such a heavy modification filter, it's basically a whole new OS, with some seriousness because I kind of want to get away from Android for a little while. Like, Google's done some shit lately that I'm not a fan of, and as a result, I'm like, man, when's BlackBerry coming back? I miss hard press, like, actual hard keyboard. Yeah. That I definitely <laughs> I I more took a moment this weekend, and I was like, how many of these apps do I actually, actually care about if I never had access to them, would I actually miss them? Like, none of them. None of these apps I would miss. They all make it more convenient, but at the same time, like, if you said, hey, you can't go on Instagram anymore, I'd be like, okay, cool, whatever, neat. Thank you for saving me from me. I don't know. We're we're, we're way off topic now, but... Yeah, I, the, the phone thing is interesting, because I'm like, I, I, wanna, I don't think I've heard your phone stand, so I'm kind of... Yeah. <laughs> I can go on phones. Like, I every couple months, I'm like, what if I just went back to a flip phone? Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah. Flip phones. Like, we what, need to bring those back. Yeah, every once in a while, I'm like, what if I just went back to a garbage-ass phone with no GPS? Well, you know what the funny thing about that is? A lot of the old phones now aren't getting supported, so you have to get an LTE phone yeah. just to even be able to use a flip phone. Yep. So that's an interesting little tidbit there for you. Yep. <laughs> what if I just went straight burner, yo? The burner? You going to be the next Walter White? Maybe. Yeah. Bitch, I'm Saul Goodman. I'm selling those burners. <laughs> out of the back of a shitty Toyota. Yo, you want a phone the government can't track? I got these burners. But I digress. <laughs> Better Call Saul's a great show. You should watch it. It is. I need to catch up. But yeah, I, I probably we're way off in the weeds enough. We probably should end the main topic for this week because we're now talking about phones. But uh, if you wanted to contact us, Alex, how would you go about doing that? Well, it's very simple. You can go ahead and pull up your email client or your email application of your choice and uh in the two section you would simply put wicked awesome cast at gmail.com again that's wicked awesome cast at gmail.com suppose it sounds down in the show notes we have no emails this week but i do have a small announcement that relates to the email if you will oh yeah so if you may have noticed last week we did not have jeff's awesome exit music um i want to do this for a little while and i kind of finally got around to kind of setting up a system for that where if you are a creator of music that you feel might be appropriate for the end of our podcast, that you can actually give us kind of royalty-free, we will happily give you credit for it, but like if you have a publishing deal of any kind or a licensing situation, that means we might get copyright claimed it or something like that and can't, as the creator, give it to us. Sorry, we'd love to hear from you, but if you are a sole owner of your content, 
and you think we'd like your stuff, send it our way. If I like it, I might put it at the end of the podcast, as I will be doing so this week. We're not retiring Chef's Awesome Exit music. We're just kind of giving a little bit of a breather. I'll probably alternate back and forth in the near future for as long as we have stuff coming in. There was a pretty good reaction. I put this up on Reddit. And I'm now making an announcement here, too, where if you want to send something in, send it to the email at wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. I've been listening to so much melodic death metal lately, it's been a little bit ridiculous. <laughs> Doesn't have to be metal. I just recommend it be metal-ish, because that's kind of what we like doing. But if you got something real cool you want to send our way, send it. Uh, this is not a guarantee your music will wind up at the end of the podcast, though. If I like it, it will wind up there. If I don't like it, sorry. Anything, but yes, wickedawesomecast at gmail.com spells it sounds down the show notes, etc. etc. Got anything you want to pimp before we get out of here, Alex? Uh, no. I'm, I'm starting to do my streams again, which is nice. I got to do yeah. a nice stream the other day. And now that I'm actually getting pulled to the raids because my rogue is actually doing something. I can't wait for your downstairs neighbor to complain about your raiding. Uh, I'm actually pretty quiet when I raid, but I look forward to hearing Motherfucker, he was yelling about drops and DPS. I know. Yeah. I'll let you know if he exists, and I definitely won't give her the one. Yeah, that's... Oh, please write in telling us, like, dumb that... Like, give us dumb apartment stories, even. I'd kill for some of those, because those are great normally. Stories yeah, if, if listeners have some good stories about bad room... About, um, not roommates necessarily, but, like, apartment neighbors, oh, I'd kill for some of those. Those are some great ones, typically. Oh, yeah. That'd be good. Yeah. Um, I think I may start building the studio in the next couple of weeks. I have some stuff on order. I was out there cleaning out my garage some this weekend, so I have space to do stuff in theory. So, yeah, we might start video production again in the near future. Probably not till 2019, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and for those curious what Jim has been up to, because we have not done videos for a long-ass time... He is engaged, so yeah, gym update. Oh, yeah, I didn't know he got engaged. Yeah, congratulations. He's been engaged for a while. They finally set the um, he's actually been engaged for like two or three years now. They have the wedding date set. I'm sure I'll talk about the wedding on some upcoming podcast. Nice, yeah, but yeah, I think that does it. Unless you've got something else, Alex. Uh, no, I think we're good, and I think uh, it's your turn. All right, then, do the metal. Dance in the boys of Gibson In a time running from a dark season To the 